You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 24, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Ben. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we created this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our Toy of the Week is Hasbro's Shield Helicarrier, and our discussion question is, what's sinking the Maddie subs? Here we are once again, guys. How are we all? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Yeah, good. Getting over a cold. Oh, getting over a cold. So that we'll start with you, Adam. Besides getting over a cold, what have you been up to this week? You, you really want another installment of um, Captain Practical, don't you? Oh, we do, yes. <laughs> we, should, we should actually get a little theme song. <laughs> it's time for another installment of Captain Practical with Adam. Go, Adam. So let's see. Today I've got a car service. Wonderful. Ooh. Um, and we got our entertainment unit dropped off for our new TV setup, which was great because I, you know, slightly maybe misnazured the height of one of the things, so I can <laughs> just get the, just get the receiver in there by taking the legs off it, and then I can't screw them back in because I don't have enough height to get a screwdriver or anything like that or a torque wrench underneath it. <laughs> and um, they've got sides on the shelves, so you can't just you know hang a, a leg over fix it up and put it back on. So that was a good bit of swearing for the day. Um, other than that, not too much. Oh, we've got a, a new Logitech universal remote thing that's programmable and whatever, and, you know, has basically meant that there's no need to learn new remotes. Excellent. Yeah. We had a great universal remote once, and then we moved, and um, I'm pretty sure we threw it away in all the packing. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. It's in pieces. Well, <laughs> the old left in the bottom of the box of uh, scrunched up newspaper. Yes. So, and then the one that we got now, now we don't even have one because we've just got so much happening. But the one that we got to replace it was never as good as the one that got thrown away, of course. <laughs> and and Ben, what have you been up to? Uh, on a normal, uh, uh, sorry, a more normal busy week, should I say? More busy week than normal. Uh, <laughs> Would you like to rearrange those words again, just to? Oh, it's just been a really long week this week, but I did manage to squeeze in the Dark Knight Rises, and uh, yeah, that was a pretty epic three hours. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, it's great yeah. movie. I don't know that you're missing that much, but oh, <laughs> thought it was the best best of the lot so far, but no spoilers. <laughs> It's very, it's very epic. It uh, to me, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the first two. Uh, that's just me, and I know I'm in the minority. But to me, it actually felt like this epic drama where Batman turns up occasionally. Mm. So, but anyway, we can reconvene the conversation once you've seen it. Once I've seen it, hopefully next weekend. <laughs> yes, that's, yes, that's that's the plan. <laughs> so, what did you get up to this week? Oh, I had a really, just one of those really busy work weeks, but I also, I start um, work quite early 
and but i i don't i often can get home you know reasonably early as well and i am the um grocery shopper slash cook in our family just because that's logistically how things work and um i got to try some new stuff this week that the kids enjoyed and i got the thumbs up for so that was all good and nice and rewarding and uh i really um i got a chance to watch the opening ceremony of the london olympics today did either of you guys see it no no not for any particular reason i just didn't (laughs) well my my kids were interested so we you know we popped it on i have to say um i mean sydney having been living in sydney at the time of the sydney olympics has always got a special place in my heart um i didn't think that the torch lighting was anywhere near as majestic as sydney but i thought it was an absolutely fantastic opening ceremony and uh um definitely proved that her majesty the queen is a very good sport um i won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it yet um but rowan atkinson actually stole the whole thing Oh, did he? I heard uh, very good things about it, especially in particular Rowan Atkinson's bit. Hilarious. Stole the whole thing. Like, you know, it was very clever. So, you know, great. Very, you know, like I said, we we were living in Sydney when the um, Sydney Olympics happened, and we were very fortunate to be able to go to a number of events. My wife was heavy with child at the time, so it was (laughs) um, great fun dragging all that around. But, but, you know, just fantastic memories. And the... the, Well, the ba- you know, the ba- like, great fun for her dragging a baby around. That's what I mean. Um, but um, like just the not to, being there was amazing. But just the atmosphere in the whole city around that time was really one of the most memorable experiences of my life. And um, so you know, you kind of see what it will do for London and just the pride and the way that they really celebrated their history. And it, and it was um, it was really enjoyable. So good, good yeah. job. Good job, London. Um, and But ours was still better. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And uh, with that clear pronouncement, <laughs> I think it's probably time to do some actual choice stuff and get started with some articulated news. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to things that we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Adam, I think you've got our first piece of news, so over to you. So, first thing that I've found this week is um the big bad toy store shameless plug for the sponsors um collection photo contest so essentially it's a case of you have to like big bad toy store on facebook and submit picture of your collection um first prize wins 500 dollars worth of store credit second prize is 250 dollars of store credit third to 100 of store credit fourth is 75 dollars and fifth is 50 dollars store credit so there's 10 days Four hours and fourteen odd minutes left to enter at the time of this recording. Nice, um, that's pretty cool. That that is cool. I mean, that's fun, isn't it? It's a nice yeah. um kind of thing for them to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, if I wasn't so darn lazy. It's <laughs> something most of us already do anyway. So, <laughs> well, that's right. So, yeah, h- sure. how do you enter? Um, I think you have to go on Facebook. You have to like. Big Bad Toy Store on Facebook, and I think you have to provide a picture of your collection. And then I think people vote or something, I'm not sure. 
but it doesn't seem to be based around sort of most spectacular or most varied collection. There's all sorts of photos. A couple of people I noticed have actually put quite creative photos, that, um, like action scenes and things like that. It's not just about take photos of hordes of your action figures on the shelf or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Good fun. Good, good, um, good initiative, Big Bad. Well done. Indeed. It almost makes us want to forgive you for the Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Mm, let's not get carried away. <laughs> and something else, Adam? Uh, second piece of news was um, Mattel have given a sneak peek of the Voltron Black Lion um, from their current Voltron wave. So you get the lion itself and you get Keith. And by the looks of it, you get a swap out head for Keith. So one's just him with no helmet, the other's him with a helmet. And you get a um a key from the castle so it's very much like what i got back in the 80s but a bit more detailed and a little bit more cartoony looking Hmm. i I, i'm signed up for this last year and um i haven't opened any of them because i i think i'll wait till we get to the end and then decide whether or not i'm going to keep them or sell them but um that from just looking through the window packaging they certainly have done a great job with these um and i do like the idea of a kind of done in one year you know what you're getting you know and there's a finite end to it subscription Um, yeah so you know it'll be fun to see i think i'll probably wait till they're all out and then see pictures of the whole thing put together and then decide whether or not oh yeah that's something that i have to have or if i'll send them all on their way but you know it's they definitely seem to be doing a really good job with them absolutely Um, now, Ben, you have a whole mess of Hot Toys news. Yeah, in fact, it was actually hard to even try and keep up this week. Yeah. There was so, so much <laughs> happening, uh, which is really interesting because it's, it's mere sort of weeks after the San Diego Comic-Con, so I'm kind of a bit perplexed as to, as to why they didn't sort of get this stuff up and running. But well, I think uh, it's pretty a, obvious the Hot event. Toys... So there was an event overseas, wasn't there? So yeah, that's yeah. obviously, I guess, what they were gearing up for because we were talking about that when we reviewed the San Diego reveals, like, you know, where's the Hot Toys stuff? But obviously they had, you know, this next event in mind as the place to launch it all. Yeah, which is really interesting when you think that the dates are so close together because I would have thought, I mean, I, I haven't seen Hot Toys sales figures, so I can't say for sure, but I would have thought San Diego would be fairly big on their radar, especially with Sideshow being sort of their main US distributor, um, that they would have sort of done something a, a bit more of a, a collaboration type event. But anyhow, look, um, through thanks to some dodgy internet photos, we've seen quite a, a few reveals plus a a few sort of official photos now, but we really got a whole bunch of stuff in uh, rapid succession. There was a, a bit of a sneak peek of some new 12-inch or 1-6 scale movie figures. Now, uh, we knew that Catwoman was coming, so we got a bit more of an advanced pick. If you look around the net, there's actually a, a sort of final reveal of uh, of Miss Selena Kyle, and, and she does look pretty good. Mm. Um, one one that actually perplexed me a little bit was uh, Agent Phil Coulson. Uh, um, I, I don't know. It's a, I mean, look, I know everybody loves him and we love the character in the films, but is, uh, I don't know. Is it really worth paying uh, 200 bucks for a guy in a suit action figure? Uh, um, um, is he really needed for your Avengers collection? 
No, I need him for my West Wing collection if they do like an Uncle Ben <laughs> from uh, Spider-Man <laughs> and start slotting, slotting together the West Wing cast. <laughs> Even though, you know, he had a couple of guest appearances. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, my first reaction when I saw it was like, oh, that's awesome because I know a lot of people want this. But yeah, then, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be a pretty good moneymaker for Hot Toys because really you've got the head sculpt there. But then, you know, like you said, it's a dude in a suit. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, I think it will sell well because yep. he's you know such a popular character. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know the cynic in me um, thinks, oh, good money grab there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, he does come with a big ass gun, so uh, that's a little extra anyway. And he even comes with his Captain America trading cards that we saw in the Avengers film, which is a, a nice touch. But um, the other reveal, which was quite interesting, was the the Chitori foot soldier. Mm. And, uh, oh, well, gee, Hot Toys collectors, here's your opportunity to army build. Mm. So, <laughs> Yeah, army build at $200 a pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. So that was the reveals for the 1-6 scale stuff. Uh, oh, actually, I take that back. I completely forgot about the Hulk. How could I have forgotten about the Hulk? We had, that, <laughs> we had that sneak peek sort of so long ago, and it, it just, wow, you know, we've just been waiting and waiting, and this dude is just massive. Uh, I I don't know whether maybe I'm just like a, a, an old fuddy-duddy now, but when I saw the Hulk, it was so impressive. But the first thing I thought of is I wonder what the price is going to be hmm. because he is gigantic. He's an, a 100% tooled figure. There's no reuse whatsoever, but he just looks amazing. I was really impressed. Mixed reaction to, for some reason, the hairstyle. Because yeah. <laughs> that's always what I look at first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say, I didn't even look at it until I read people complaining about it, um, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't understand the problem really. But um, not everybody people likes complaining the on the internet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great about action figures. That's just insane. The other thing I think that's really interesting about it is the chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. I mean, just because, like, like, if you look yeah. at how. Detailed that is, yeah. You know, yeah, it's just, not really known for his chest hair. Well, is no, no, but you know, like it, it, it's it's impressive detail. Yeah, it's very detailed. Yeah, yeah. But look, um, that's obviously some exciting stuff, and we got quite a, a few reveals there. But probably the one that I found the most interesting this week was the first of Hot Toys' new one quarter scale figures. Um, we knew they were coming. And we had sort of some hints as to who we might get, but this time we've actually seen the Dark Knight Rises Batman figure and also the Terminator T-800 endoskeleton. Uh, and as a Terminator fan, in particular the T-800 endoskeleton, uh, this one just blew me away, uh, and I'm, I'm actually dreading the price. I really yeah. am because <laughs> it's gorgeous. It really is. Um, I know Adam's freaking out right now at the idea of having one of these in his uh, living room, but for me, <laughs> it just looks stunning. <laughs> what about Mrs. Um, Fish Milkshake? How is she going to cope with that? Um, it depends where I display the sucker. Um, you know, that the head hasn't managed to attack any members of the family, but um, <laughs> it probably didn't help that we we actually go through these movie uh, marathons where over a period of about a month we'll pick a series and just watch every film in the series. And uh, we did Terminator. So, of course, the end sequence of the original Terminator where sort of the half 
skeleton is is pulling itself along the ground after Sarah Connor did wonders to um, lift the uh, credibility of the skull in the living room. So, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I uh, it, these one six scale figures are expensive as it is. So the idea of going to one quarter scale, uh, I'm very very nervous. Yeah. I- I mean, I'm feeling very, very happy to be out of the Hot Toys game. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, the other stuff we saw um, this week was the X-Men First Class yes. line starting, which, you know, that that was talked about for a long time, and I kind of thought I didn't think it was going to happen. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've got that uh, kicking off with Xavier, which just looks fantastic. Um, and then on the Batman side, we've seen a Commissioner Gordon as well. Yes. Um, you know, so it's just... Money, money, money. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, money, absolutely. Money, money. What also blew me away is did you see also now Enter Bay as well? Yeah. You have to wonder, like, you know, how much market is there for mm. this stuff? And to me, it just doesn't have a patch on Hot Toys. It's like they both had the idea at the same time, either accidentally or through sort of insider, you know, that that whole um, uh, what do you call it, where they're uh, sneaking around getting you know intel on each other's companies, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing, sabotage, (laughs) and whether. I don't know. I, I'm just seeing it like ants versus a bug's life, and uh, you know who can hit the market yeah. first and and get the collector's money. <laughs> so, and you know, I think just on reputation alone, you know, Hot Toys is Pixar, and um, don't know, don't know. Look, I hope it goes well for Enter Bay. It's definitely uh, not my thing, but yeah, I just don't understand why they would um, try to step into that market. But for, for, just for these toys, when they're just being done so well by someone else, mm. it's interesting. Yeah, so it's mm. quite a uh, quite a week for the uh, for the big figure collectors. Indeed, um, something a little bit different that I noticed: the um, Kotobukiya Bishoju Harley Quinn is not news. It's been um, announced for a while, but they have come out this week with a, a change, which is that she's going to come with a swap-out face. The original solicit was a flesh-tone face, which nice. I personally thought was a little bit odd. Um, but So I wonder if they're responding to some reaction to that because she now is going to come with swap-out faces for either a flesh-tone or a white painted face. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, Harley Quinn. So I'd actually held off pre-ordering this one because of the flesh tone, so I'm I'm screwed now, because um, <laughs> the 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 white one looks fantastic to me, and you go, oh yeah, that's Harley. Um, so good move, I think, on Kotobukiya's part, and uh, I I'm really excited by the DC line, um, particularly after Huntress, which we saw last week. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right, well, I think that that about sums up the news. Anyone else have got anything they want to talk about? No, I think that was expensive enough. I think that was expensive enough. Okay, well, that wraps up Articulated News. We will be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hi, my name is...
attention of the class for one second. Hey everybody, it's your old friend Engineer Nerd with everybody's favorite guessing game of Name That. Last time I was on, you heard this sound. If you guessed that that was an interactive Buzz Lightyear, you would be correct. He's even complete with a little blinky light. So on to this week's sound. It is this. Inside was a bat lord and his knights, a witch, and the smell of rotting birds. It was time to go, and the boy tried to escape, but the witch insisted he stay. And one more time. Inside was a bat lord and his knights, a witch, and the smell of rotting birds. It was time to go, and the boy tried to escape, but the witch insisted he stay. As always, if you think you got a guess, come on over to the AFB forum and leave your guess there, and um, visit all the cool articles and stuff there, and come visit me on tvandfilmtoys.com. Peace out, people. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Adam has the Toy of the Week, so over to you, Adam. Thanks, Scott. So, just getting this out of the way up front, considering that we're now talking about the Shield Heli Carrier from Hasbro, um, I expected this. I had every expectation this would be a home run. They couldn't stuff it up. There's no way it's going to be awesome. Um, I didn't care that it wasn't going to be quite the scale. I mean, you know, I don't have 10 metres worth of house to put it in. <laughs> uh, for it to be in scale, it didn't bother me that much that the, there wasn't really a bridge on this thing, you know, fine, whatever. But it was going to be awesome. It had to be. Um, so I'd gone, yep, fine. We heard about that last year. And I said, fine, yep, I'll wait. And I waited. And then I got mildly worried when the SDCC exclusive version was announced because I figured maybe they're only going to release it at SDCC, you know, with all the usual claims of, oh, you know, money's tight and whatnot. Um, and then it got announced for actual sale, and I said, beauty, here we go. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw one at store in Australia for a whopping $150. Yikes. Yeah, I'll wait a couple of weeks. I don't need it today. I went back and got one today, same cost. Brought it home, unboxed it, uh, assembled it, and here's my thoughts. Okay. It's a turd sandwich. Just, there's no two ways to it right. <laughs> this thing oh dear. is just, yeah. it, it fails on so many levels. Um, yes, the scale is horribly, horribly wrong. They, they go to the, the extent of saying, you know, this will support 16 figures on it. And I'm going, yeah, okay, for, for a heli- helicarrier, I can fit 16 people on it. I shouldn't be able to crew it with that that few people. Hmm. Um, yeah, we knew that a long way back. Can almost handle it. Um, but then they throw on this giant laser cannon thing, you know, and and yeah, okay, fine. There's a there's a laser cannon on the side of the command center. But then there's a chair on it, and the chair is for a three and three quarter scale figure. That command center is basically therefore the size of a person. 
more or less. Mm. Right, you might be able to fit two people in there and it'd be like having, you know, a, a bit of a spacious toilet or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so you look at that and then you pick up your Quinjet that you purchased because, you know, you, you thought the Quinjet was even better. Um, and the Quinjet is maybe, I don't know, half the size of this thing. And, and that threw me as well. Um, particularly, like, if this was actual, you know, military hardware acquisition, I'd be buying two Quinjets rather than one helicarry. Mm. Um, then you start getting things like the features. You know, the box says that this is a two-in-one. It's a vehicle and a playset. And I went, all right, I think you're making a stretch. I mean, yes, it's a big vehicle, so I guess a big vehicle is by default a playset. But it's not really a vehicle. Like, it doesn't do anything vehically. There's, there's the... <laughs> oh, we're the getting into the very... technical terms here now. <laughs> yeah. Vehically. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's very few moving parts that would make it like a vehicle rather than a playset. I mean, the, the blades on the, um, the helicarrier fans, you know, the propulsion fans and lift fans, they spin. That, that's awesome. Um, the... There's an array of gun things that fire, um, except for my laser cannon because I can't get the projectile to go in it properly so it'll never fire. <laughs> uh, there's a trapdoor that works, and the box says it works, um, but really it's just a platform that you know isn't properly supported, so you put a person on it and you can knock them through it or whatever. Hmm. Um, <laughs> There's a figure launching pad. I don't know who that's for that wants to, you know, sit their figures on it and then just whack on this thing and launch them. It's basically, you know, a, a, a um, cantilever, so it's basically, you know, let's put a ruler over the edge of a desk and whack on it. Huh. Um, there's a crane, or it's called a crane. It's a basically a swing arm with a bit of pendulum-y plastic attached to it. You can't adjust the angle of the arm. You can't, you know... Make the chain. It doesn't have a chain, so the hook can't go up and down. I don't think that's really a crane. Um, yeah, it's like a cheap plastic imitation of a statue of a crane or something. It's bizarre. Mm. The best indication, though, that it's not a vehicle is if I flip over a vehicle, I expect to see wheels or you know a, a proper undercarriage or something. You flip it over, and all you can see is the underside of the indentations that are on. The flight deck so they haven't put a hull on this thing. It's, it's just yep. that's it you get two landing gear things to really just stand so that it doesn't you know just rest on these awkward indentations in it um so i don't know it's just bizarre if i was, i don't know who that's for if you're going to say that's a vehicle you're not going to fly it around if you're a kid i mean it's a meter long it's the size of some kids right um if you're flying it around, you're not going to want to show your kids, oh, look at the shitty underside of my toy. It's, it's sensational, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. You're going to keep facing yourself or to the ground, save the embarrassment. So mm. I, I dispute that it's a playset and vehicle. As I say, it's just a playset. And then you get the fun part because much like the Quinjet, and I'm assuming all the other vehicles that Hasbro have done for the Avengers line, they've put decals in. Mm-hmm. There were over 50 of them, as far as I could tell on the instructions. I think I saw 51, and I think there may have been 53 because they missed a couple. <laughs> the, the instructions don't give you enough detail to put them all on properly. They just don't. You have to look at the box, the, try and spot them on the box. You can't see them all on the box. Um, so then you make mm. guesses. 
Uh, um, you know, I don't think that for a four plus age group aimed toy, you want 50 plus decals on there. So how long did it take you to mm. put this whole thing together and get the decals on? I think putting the rest of it together was probably about 15 minutes. Putting the decals on was another 20. Okay. So I think that's a bit much. <laughs> I, they've got these giant, two giant numbers, and I was assuming that like one's because it's, I don't know, flight number 67 or something. I was assuming the six was going to tear, and it didn't. The seven tore. Uh, so uh, that one was fantastic, but I don't know. Um, it's just bizarre. Like, no kid... No kid is good at putting stickers on things in the right spot. Kids are good at putting stickers <laughs> on things where they're not meant to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's bizarre. And the wording of some of these stickers, right, there's a beware of blast sticker that goes on the side of a laser cannon because clearly, you know, there's going to be a guy walking along uh, on the ground past his laser cannon that's going to fire and, oh, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to dodge that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of dry dock a, a, a um, heli carry goes into, but I would assume that they're going to turn off the weapon systems. Just a guess. Hmm. That might not have been covered in that training. Yeah, that's right. So what's the difference between the San Diego exclusive helicarrier and this one? I'm not sure, but the San Diego one said that it was over four feet long. This one said it was over three feet long. Okay, so, so it's, it's, not yeah, it's longer. Is in Basically, fact, what yeah. It, yeah, what it is, when it when it gets put together in segments, um, I, I'm not 100% sure of which segment it is, but there's apparently some kind of middle segment, and the San Diego one actually comes with an extra segment so you get two of those particular segments so theoretically if you wanted to go out and buy six of these things you could actually piece them all together into one sort of you know 10 foot heli carrier if you wanted to right i don't know why you would Mm. (laughs) it's one of the just thinking about you know what you paid for it which is 150 australian it's one, I think, of the really puzzling things of the last couple of years of toy collecting here in Australia, where at the moment, you know, we, we've had parity with the US dollar for quite some time now. Yes. Um, you know, it's a, a few cents, you know, a, a couple of cents over at the moment. So the Australian dollar is actually worth more than the, the US dollar. And, yes. you know, this is um, something that you could get online in the States for about $90 US. This is the retail version. I think it's probably yep. a bit cheaper than that if you actually find it at retail. Um, so, you know, how, how it ends up being 150 here in Australia is just beyond me because it, it's clearly not worth it. No, but, I mean, I guess once you take into account shipping, that's probably going to be, what, for something this size, 50, 60 bucks. So you're then talking about... Hundred and you're talking about maybe ten, twenty bucks tops. I reckon being char- overcharged for shipping if you were, you know, assuming that it was shipped per item rather than in a bulk lot. But yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, look, if you but if you're buying it retail, you're not paying. They're, they're not paying shipping on it like you would be if you were yeah. buying one individually as a, a retail customer. Yeah, um, they're getting yeah. containers of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I mean. It's it's a case of you're paying essentially the the what I would say is the international shipping retail cost plus a bit more. Hmm. 
So, you know, it's a standard. Anyone that's not in the US gets shafted. But... Now, this comes with a Captain America figure? Yeah, that's putting it politely. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the, the Quinjet similarly came with an Iron Man figure. Yep. Both of these figures are poorly painted and both of them have the following articulation. Arms rotate at the shoulder, legs rotate at the hip, head rotates. Whoa. Oh, dear. I'm assuming that that figure, if you were going to sell that at retail, would be sold for 5 to 10 bucks, if not 15 bucks Australian. So based on that, I've lost money for something that I have no intentions of using. That's uh, very interesting. I, I mean, I wonder why they would manufacture that figure to go in there rather than just throw in one of the existing three and three-quarter caps. That's what I was thinking too. It doesn't yeah. really make sense. Unless they've got some other mould that's close enough and they can, you know, do minor retooling or something, I don't know. Mm. But you would have thought that it would be cheaper to just run out what they've already got, put it together, bam, done, fine, whatever. Yeah. Unless they have got some, you know, cheap, nasty version that they're knocking out and selling in, you know, $2 stores or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. That was yet another baffling point, and it kind at the same time it kind of makes me feel a bit better that I didn't stump up the extra hundred and eighty odd dollars or whatever it is for the um, the San Diego exclusive because yeah, sure you get a, a bigger heli carrier, but you get a Maria Hill as well. Except yeah, yeah. I'm assuming the Maria Hill is a similar quality, so. I don't know why I would have cared that much with that knowledge in hand. So is any of the is any of the helicarrier sort of painted or is it just sort of all cast in the one sort of grey plastic? It is all cast in grey plastic. Um, there's a couple bits that are cast in other bits of plastic, but they're also, you know, it's a whole item is a different colour plastic, like a, a hatch or whatever will be black or, you know, bits where they've put together a couple of different pieces of different colours. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it should be at all expensive. Like, I can't see there being $150 worth of plastic plus tooling plus licensing there. Yeah. I can't see it being anywhere near that, you know, once you include retail and profit margins and whatever else. Just and so there's, there's no electronics whatsoever, no flashing no. lights, no sounds? No, none of that. Man. It's as basic as you can get. So I have a feeling I can um, predict where the um, Dolly's rating is going on this, uh, and I, I think it's not going to be good, but if you have to give this a Dolly rating? I would say the Dolly rating on this ought to be two Dollies, <laughs> which is uh, one is two Dollies and one of those is for effort. But then I look at it and I say... <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, fine, you get a dolly for effort and then you lose a dolly for doing such an absolutely terrible job of it. So I'm giving it one. I think it was just appalling. Whoa! Like, it's bad enough that before this I was excited and, you know, maybe we're going to get, you know, play sets and whatever and we'll get Avengers Mansion or Xavier Mansion or whatever, and I'm going, just don't make them, don't bother, don't waste your time, don't waste my time, I'm not going to get them. It's that bad. Wow. So that is that is by a long, long shot the lowest Dolly rating in AFB podcast history. Yep. 
and to think that this was something that should have been awesome and I was stoked about, it's just, yeah. Man. <laughs> well, Adam, I think you've taken one for the team here. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Greatly appreciated. Anything else you want to add? No. No. I think that covers it. One dolly. One dolly. Well, that wraps up our Toy of the Week and our first one dolly review. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. This is Kiss, each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you want. Each 12 and a half inch figure sold separately by me. We're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And Ben, we're going to start with you. What you got this week? Well, after what can only be described as a disastrous transaction with uh, with a, a friend of mine, um, karma had to uh, come back my way eventually. And yes, hello, Argentina. Um <laughs> I was perusing eBay, as I am wont to do, and I came across the Wolverine premium format statue from Sideshow, which um, somehow completely got past me originally and quickly sold out and quickly started to command rather ridiculous prices on the secondary markets. So uh, I do a bit of a search for it every now and then. Don't go out of my way um, simply because the prices on the secondary market uh, are just huge. It goes for really large dollars. And I actually happened to come across uh, one being sold in Sydney, much like my Emma Frost story from a month or so ago. Um, it was a little pricey. It was still considerably less than what it goes for in the US market, but it was a buy it now. And I had it in my watch list for quite some time, and I had my finger sort of hovering and hovering, but in the end, I just couldn't uh, pull the trigger on the price. It was just a little bit too high for me, so I let it go. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but when auctions finish, I sometimes go back and just check whether the uh, seller actually relists it or not. And sure enough, uh, he actually relisted it a couple of days later. Uh, only this time, it was an auction, and the starting bid was $130 less. Oh. And so I thought, hmm, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And uh, I'm I'm a bit of a sniper. I, I tend to sort of wait till the last day and I might sort of throw a bit up, you know, at lunchtime at work with six hours to go or something. But I thought, oh, look, you know, knowing me, it was finishing at a really peculiar time and I thought I'll probably get busy at work and forget about it. So about five days before the auction finished, I threw up a, uh, a bid and it was about $10 over the opening bid. And I thought, that's it. I'll put that up and see how it goes. Then, of course, I completely forgot about it, and I turned out to be the only bidder. So, Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually picked it up for about half of what it's currently going for on the U.S. secondary market. So, um, look, uh, that's a little bit of karma. Um, I'm quite pleased with that effort. I'm still really pissed off at some dodgy son of a... Anyway, moving right along. So, um, yeah, it's it's just, not the Sideshow exclusive with the swap-out heads. It's just a regular version. But um, it, oh, in, in person, it's it's stunning. It's, it's just gorgeous. In fact, I'm actually going to save it for a Toy of the Week. It's just that good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So that was a very long-winded uh, acquisition of the week. Oh, it's always good to get those wins, isn't it? Good story. It is. Good story. 
Now, now, Adam, we know about one of your acquisitions. Did you have any happier ones? Uh, the only other one was that the next wave of Marvel Universe got listed for pre-order this week, so I've snaffled myself one of those, and then I just have to go and find out which version of Spider-Man I got and then go and get the variant, I guess. <laughs> so are they are they actually out, or it's just pre-order at this point? Just pre-ordering. So it'll be probably, what, three or four months before they're actually available, and then it'll be a case of working out which one is, or find out which one I've got when that actually arrives from Big Bad, and then go on eBay and fork over a kidney for the other one. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the two different figures? Um, One is Future Foundation, I think, Spider-Man, and the the other one is um, Amazing Bagman. (laughs) <laughs> i can't believe they're making that <laughs> i think that's a great figure i mean i remember reading that particular storyline and i thought it was hilarious at the time <laughs> so is that all for you adam yep okay i got a couple of new things i got the new 52 um aquaman and green lantern figures from dc collectibles um aquaman is an interesting figure this is the i, I really like the head sculpt i like jim lee's um, redesign of him, but he's got not just the mutton chops happening, he's actually got a five o'clock shadow as well, um, which you kind of have to look closely at because it's just kind of done with paint. It's a bit, it's <laughs> like, is that deliberate or is that just a mistake? I'm not sure. So, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the Green Lantern's okay. I'm not, I'm not opening, I've got the Batman as well. I'm not opening these until I've got the whole set just to decide again, am I going to keep these? I mean, I'll obviously keep Aquaman. Um, but paint looks pretty good. Um, you know, they're, they're nicely done. I, 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 the Jim Lee redesigns for, you know, these characters don't really float my boat. I, I like the Aquaman kind of you know, hairstyle, that sort of thing, but just the busyness of what he's done with the rest of these costumes. Um, I think other artists must look at it and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to draw all those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to confess the speed lines just perplex me. I, I don't think they kind of add anything. Are they? I, I assume it makes them look futuristic or, or something, but um, I know Batman's was explained away as being sort of, oh, yeah, that makes it look like sort of Kevlar plates um, yeah. rather than just a fabric, but... Yeah, Superman, I don't know. No. Yeah, I actually, the Batman one, for that reason, I kind of got, okay, well, actually, it would make more sense, you know, if they had a bit more protection than just spandex. But, yeah, why does why does Superman need that? Why does Flash need that? And the chin guard on Flash, I just cannot get over. <laughs> and that, that's the main, the main reason that I don't feel 100% committed to this line of figures because I look at the, the pics of that, flash figure with that stupid chin guard and go ah. didn't um, you ever fall over as a kid while you were running <laughs> um uh, all the time <laughs> still do but <laughs> i don't have the power of super speed <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's to protect his chin in case he falls over that's right yeah so, so he doesn't get any nasty high speed grazes that's right yeah on, on his chin um, yeah, so so we'll see. But the main um, exciting thing I got this week was the uh, Bowen Designs Action Spider-Man statue signed by Randy Bowen, thanks yeah. to the our friends at Statue Marvels. 
That is nice. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, When I did my redesign of the um, reorganizing of the collection, I knew this was coming, and I did not have a Bowen Spider-Man statue. Um, So I had my kind of Spider-Man rogues all over the place, but I reorganized them. Um, those that would fit onto a Billy shelf. Sadly, not Sad Man, Sandman, who is just an amazing statue, but his base is too big to fit in a Billy. So oh, he, yes. he's still in a, a Detolf. But I got um, Dr. Octopus and Electro and Black Cat and a couple of busts um, all together waiting for Spider-Man. Um, so he's. I, I just organized him and popped him in there today, and he looks great. Great, so I'm going to save him for a toy of the week. Outstanding, too. yeah. I'm going to save him for a toy of the week too. I think because he's pretty awesome. So that was my haul this week. Okay, unless anyone else has anything to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or something quite worse. Handing out the penalty this week is Adam, so over to you. Thank you. And yes, no, this isn't another rant about the Shield Heli carrier. Uh, (laughs) It was that bad? (laughs) Yeah. um, So those that have listened regularly will know that my wife, is heavily into Lego and that I quite enjoy it myself. Um, that being the case, I've had a bit of a poke around and I think a year or two ago I found um, the Lego digital designer software that Lego provide. So essentially it's a software tool where you can come up with your 3D model of whatever it is you want to build in Lego and they've got a wide array of bricks available to do stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so at about the time that I found that, I went, oh, okay, um, maybe I'll just try building our house in Lego. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, okay. It took me, you know, a few hours and I laid out the the basic mud map um, of the house. And that was fine. And so the last week or so when I've been off sick, I just went, yeah, fine. Well, something to do that's going to take a lot of effort physically. I can go and finish off that Lego house of ours. And so I did, and I spent, I reckon, about 24 hours in total on this thing, um, and it's now a wonderful, glorious representation of a house. But the software sucks. It just plain <laughs> sucks. Um, for one thing, when it first came out, it had um, Designed by Me, so it was a thing where you could, you know, design your box art because it does building instructions whatever for you. And then actually purchase the thing, like buy all the bricks from Lego and whatever, and it probably cost you an arm and a leg to do it, but you could do it. And I was going, well, that'd be that'd be excellent, you know, it'd be a good birthday present or something. Look, honey, it's it's our house. Go off and build that. Um, all three thousand odd pieces of it. Um, <laughs> but they took that away in January this year, and they haven't got an alternative feature. I guess you could probably do something like, I think there's like a Kusu thing where you can kind of go, okay, yeah, fine, put it up there, and if enough people vote for it, it might get made into a set. But I don't really think there's going to be that many people that want to build my house, and I don't think that I want people buying my house in Lego. (laughs) I think that's creepy. (laughs) So now I have to try and find how I can go and buy all these bricks 
And um, Lego have a, a feature where you can go and buy all the brick, buy individual bricks off their website. But they don't have all the bricks that they have in their creator software. Lego, why the hell have you got a tool that lets me pick a whole bunch of bricks that I can't buy from you? Um, <laughs> and the, the tools for building in this thing, like you have to zoom and refocus and all of these things, and it's all non-intuitive. Like you have to right-click to rotate things. You have to right-click on an object to reset that as the center. You scroll in and out to zoom. That kind of makes sense. Clicking and then dragging, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's also unintuitive. Um, from a software point of view, it's just rubbish. And things like if you're going to do modular design, so, um, for example, if you get any of the, the first one was Cafe Corner and there's like, you know, now there's the town hall and there's been the, the, um, department store and the fire station, whatever. So it's essentially, you know, here's the floor by floor, break it down and you can just stack it on top of the next one but it doesn't actually interlock together by brick in, by um, stud-based brick interlocking. It's, you know, there's a flat surface and then all the flat surfaces line up and you can really only put it on in the one way. Hmm. So I've done that with the roof. And then putting that on top of the other part is nearly impossible. Like, it's just ridiculous. It, it took me, like, I don't know, until after I'd done the main bulk of the house before I noticed there's actually an op- option to hide things. So I could have just built on top, well, I couldn't have built on top, but I could have just dragged it on because I was kind of going, okay, well, that's good. But now what am I going to do if I have to, you know, I don't know, take a layer off so I can add something into the house? So now I can sort that out, but it's just awful, awful software. (laughs) So have you made anything else with it? Um, I think the reason I got it initially was because we've got a couple of the train sets and train set takes up a lot of space on our big Lego table. It was to make it like a, an, a raised train set or a raised train line. So I tried designing, you know, a couple of different styles of support arch and I've costed them up at the time and ridiculously expensive if you're going to buy just, you know, a couple of them hmm. or buy it. Uh, so it basically became a case of, okay, there's the basic plot and then you'd go, okay, I need how many of these? Like, I don't know, 100, say? And you go, okay, fine, copy and paste 100 times and you go, right, so that's cheaper than buying one, ordering one of these and then ordering it, you know, a hundred times. Hmm. But that was back when they had designed by me. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. if you were to, if you were actually going to make your house, let's just say you had all the bricks, how how big would it actually be, sort of, of the model? Um, I'm just trying to, I'll bring it up now and have a look. Um, I have a feeling it's quite large. I have a feeling it's sort of a... Maybe two base plates, two of the big base plates in width. Oh, so okay. Yep. Yeah, sixty-four odd one by one, or sixty-four studs wide by. Um, I would say it's then gonna be maybe. I don't know it'd be more than sixty-four. It'd be like seventy-two wide, so it's probably more like eighty, ninety long. And that's just the house and carport and veranda. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like a good idea in theory. They just needed to finish it off properly. I think they, mm. and it's up to version 4.2. I, surely by version 4.2 you would have refined this a lot better. And the other worrying thing is they've got a whole bunch of Technic and Mindstorms and Next 2.0 stuff in there. I just wouldn't even go near that stuff. Like I don't want to think about how hard it would be to design something that, you know, because I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't have all the Mindstorms and Next software stuff built in there properly. So you're going to get some 
half-assed collection of components, but you probably don't get all the software. I haven't played with it because I don't have any, but, hmm. yeah, it's just, oh. Hmm. Well, one thing I like about our show is that, you know, we spread the love around. And I, I, don't, know if, right. I don't know if we've had a Lego red card before, uh, but, you know, this is – it's good to, you know, kind of share – not not just the good, but the bad as well. So Lego, you've had your turn. A- any other um, bile that you want to heap on this before we <laughs> move on, Adam? No, I think I'm good now. Sufficient bile heaped. Yeah, excellent. That's right. Okay, <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> good on you. Well, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. The name is Max. I'm a skater blader. One slice for me, and it's see you later. Chester's my name, and I like food. Like to squeeze bad guys with my wrestling moves. My name is Angus. Gus to my pals. I'll make anything into an arsenal. Cornelius is my name. Samurai's my thing. Fight like a warrior. Sing like the king. They call me Cliff, and I like to climb. Put the drop on bad dudes anytime. We're the Stone Protectors. Our stones of power glow. The Maddie Collector subscription programs are in danger of not going ahead for 2013 due to insufficient unit sales. Maddie made a good showing at San Diego 2012 with product reveals, but fans aren't responding with their wallets, and many collectors are watching the sales thermometer nervously. Scott, Toy Guru, Neatlick, and even the Four Horsemen have weighed in with pleas for fans to get behind the subs, so tonight we're asking the question, what's sinking the Maddie subs? Now, gentlemen, just to, as due disclosure, just to start off with, where are you personally with your own ordering or not ordering for Maddie subscriptions for 2013? Ben? Uh, yeah, I went ahead. I got one. Uh, I was actually a little bit confused to, well, like everybody else, um, I was a bit confused to, I was trying to understand whether my 2012 sub would just automatically continue into my 2013 sub. Uh, I assumed that wasn't the case, so I went right ahead and got the 2013 sub. So, so for, yeah, I could. Which subscription, sorry? This was, sorry, this is for Infernal Crisis. Ah, would you please stop calling it that because then I call it that and I get it wrong. Use proper language. DC Universe Classic Special. No! Infinite, oh, damn you. Infinite, <laughs> Infinite Earths. Club That's Infinite Earths. Talk, yes, so talk I'll, properly. potentially too, depending on how Digital River treats it. <laughs> but you're not a Masters of the Universe person. No, I came in much too late, and so I missed a lot of the early sort of unique figures and uh, just laziness and whatnot. And, uh, I just couldn't and be no catching club up. Black Freighter for you. Yep. No club Black Freighter either. No. No. And Adam, you're not a Maddie subscriber, are you? No, not at all. Okay. Pretty so- much almost, almost never buy anything that's Mattel, so pretty much no point. Good. Well, I mean, that, it's good to have kind of different. Um, perspectives there i i have um been a club eternia subscriber from the beginning um and i did end up getting a 2013 sub basically because of ram man and granomir um and i am in for club infinite earth as well um the watchman to me i thought dc directed a fantastic job of those figures as movie characters and i don't see enough difference for most of the characters to justify um you know figures that aren't going to be as uniquely sculpted etc so that was a no um but 
you know, despite what we might have felt on the DC side was a a strong showing at San Diego, um, things don't seem to be going so well. Most of the press that we've heard from Mattel has actually been about Club Eternia. Now, Club Eternia, if you look on the Maddie Collector site, doesn't have a thermometer, um, or at least it didn't the last time I looked, because I don't think that um, anyone was expecting there to be an issue. The sales for this line have been strong um, to this point, but we've had... Um, some uh, you know a bunch of messages from Mattel from Toy Guru. We've had a a rather awkward video message from, <laughs> from Toy Guru. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was cringeworthy. It was cringeworthy. Um, and then there was a follow up one. Was it a follow up video message? Mm, yeah, there's two, there's two. been two video messages. Oh, ouch! I, that one one was enough for me. Um, and then the message from the Four Horsemen as well, which all was centered around Masters of the Universe. So, um, you know, I don't know if that means that um, they don't care as much about Club Infinite Earths or the thermometer is still kind of right at the bottom So for Club Infinite Earths. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But our idea for this discussion was really just to unpack our thoughts as to why um, things aren't going well. And uh, Ben, I might just you know start with you. you. What are your kind of main your main take on what might be happening here, and why not just Infinite Earths, which I'll probably always was a bit of a dicey prospect, but you know, for Masters of the Universe Classic, what's happening? Why aren't why aren't this why isn't this taking off? Uh, there certainly seems to be plenty of reasons. Uh, I'm not going to sort of come out and say any one in particular, but one that definitely seems to come up time and time again on the message forums is the prices, of course, uh, particularly with the announcement that the Masters of the Universe figures are going up $5. Um, Toy Guru said they, uh, this is the first time they've gone up in three years, or I think, or five years, I think he said. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, should they have just gone up a dollar a year and lessened the pain? Would people have complained less? Doubt it very much. Um, but look, $25 plus shipping, it's a, it's a lot of money to start to, to pay for action figures. And we had quite a few people comment uh, on the various, um, the various forums and Facebook and whatnot. And, uh, one person in particular, uh, whose name escapes me right now, let me just speed right ahead. But, uh, actually I think uh, Cassandra Albright mentioned the fact that, you know, times are tough. We're yeah. in pretty much, you know, a depression, a recession, any, any way you want to call it. And it's not just the fact that toy prices are going up, the prices of everything are going up. Mm. So, uh, there are people out there who are genuinely struggling to, to buy um, subscriptions where it's $20 a figure and so an extra $5, it all adds up. Mm. I mean, certainly you can't ignore the financial climate. It's not, I mean, you know, we're very fortunate here in Australia compared to other places in the world that we've been pretty sheltered um, from that. But, you know, people are doing it tough and it is a significant price increase as well. Um, you know, for me, on the Masters of the Universe side, I, I think simply that the um, reveals uh were pretty uninspiring. You know, you've got two fantastic looking things with Ram Man and Granomir. Ram Man, you know, one of the, the characters that people have been hanging out for for ages. But then some pretty average, you know, characters, a number I've never heard of, and uh, a club exclusive that to me is really uninteresting. Um the you know it's it's not something that um is the kind of draw card that you really, I think, would expect. You know, King He-Man, um, you know, I had to kind of do some research to even work out what that was referencing. Um, so it pales 
in comparison to your know, previous exclusives like the Sorceress. So you're not you're not getting drawn in on that side as well. Um, Adam, you're an outsider to this stuff, but what are you kind of reading and, and seeing about what might be influencing people not to take these up? I think the financial climate is definitely part of it. I don't think anyone can rule that out. Um, I think the ongoing issues that they've had with Digital River can't be ruled out. I think mm. it's finally coming back to bite them in the bum. Um, I think the whole way in which the subscription process seems to work, people have been complaining about, you know, you can't opt out of a figure, you, you have to get it, you have to take it whether you want it or not, including paying for your shipping. Um, you know, it's just some some people have basically said it's borderline criminal. Mm. Um, and the other one, I think that, you know, definitely character selection. But then the thing that strikes me about all of this is that all the pleas that have come out, particularly Masters of the Universe ones, is, come on, guys, we're so close to finishing this off and making sure everyone's got everything they could possibly want. Suck up the shit figure that you don't want to get to the good one that you do want. Because, you know, despite that, it seems that pretty much all the, the vast majority of people that want the particularly good figure don't want the crap figure. So you've got to ask yourself, you basically you put out a, a plea to say, please support uh, the strategy we've been going with all along, despite that that seems to be the reason that you're jumping off the bandwagon because we're almost there, we're almost done. And I kind of sit there and go, that's not the way that this works. It's not the way mass consumerism works. Um, I mean, even though I haven't been a Matt, uh, Maddie, um supporter realistically, you know, in the past, I've kind of said, you know, look, guys, um, maybe they've got a, the right strategy of don't overproduce so that they're not left with massive amounts of stock on the shelf or whatever, hmm. and then they can do another run later. And um, I think that's definitely been part of their strategy today, and yeah. it seems like now it's basically this is the end game of that scenario, right? You guys haven't been buying. You haven't committed to buying any of this stuff. Why on earth would we go out and produce it? Why would we tool up for that? That's just a waste of money if no one buys the thing. So, yeah, I think it's it's everyone's reached this point where we're saying, you know, the collectors seem to be saying, we don't trust you anymore, Mattel and Mattel are saying, well, if you don't trust us, you get nothing. And that's always been the end game I think I pretty much predicted of people saying we're not going to buy it was, you know, this stuff is pretty much for collectors only. So if you're not going to buy it, no one else is going to buy it, you're not going to get anything. Hmm. Yeah, I I think that the Digital River factor that you talk about is a big one. And I noticed that they put something up on Facebook recently about, you know, our US-based support team and how that's changing things. But I have to say that I, I am yet to encounter a change in that. I've had ongoing um, issues with my subscriptions this year um, in getting them combined in the way that they were supposed to be and then um, I, I changed postal addresses and getting that change to take effect and my interactions with Digital River have been um, <clears throat> the same you know, in, in terms of those issues that you have with communication and um, that inability to have a conversation or an email that you have with someone 
seem to follow follow on into the next conversation. There's no trail to go back to if you have to talk to someone about the same issue. You're starting from scratch again. And, um, you know, I haven't seen that improvement. And also it's kind of, you know, it's probably a, a couple of years too late for that to make a major difference in that so many people um, have been so frustrated. Um, so, uh, you know, I do think that that's a part of it. But I, I think as well that that, that whole issue of um, not knowing everything that you're getting, that you're signing up for. And, you know, yeah. people have two two sides of the arguments here. You know, some people say if you sign up for a magazine, you don't know everything that you're getting, da, 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 et cetera. But a magazine subscription is different to, a, you know, a subscription for toys. Um, and it is a it, it is an unknown. I, on the DC side, I, while on one level um, I, I think the showing at – San Diego was good. I think that the reveals for the rest of 2012 were actually much stronger than the 2013 reveals um, in terms of, you know, yep, we're going to get Metal Men, we're going to get Elastic Girl, you know, that's fantastic. But that's actually all in 2012. And I'm a little bit surprised, actually, that they didn't use one or two of those as 2013 draw cards um, because you know, in 2013, when you look at what you're actually getting, you're getting, um, so far we know five characters and they're all characters that, uh, DC Direct has done and, um, probably done better because of the unique sculpting that they can bring to it. You know, you've got St. Walker Larflees in there, which is not going to appeal to classic collectors in quite the same way. And mm, whatever you think of the, ra- you know, whatever you think of the Rainbow Lanterns, DC Direct actually did them very, very well. You know, yeah. when, when you put your uh, Club Infinite Earths Atrocitus next to your DC Direct Atrocitus, there's just no, there's no competition uh, because yeah. you know you're working with standard, standard bulks, bulks. Bulks, <laughs> bulks, <laughs> standard bucks. Um, you know, Phantom Stranger, great DC Direct figure, Elongated Man, someone that people have been crying out for, you know, in this line. Um, but then, you know, Wally West. So it, it, it's not that I'm, I'm keen, um, but I'm not grabbed in the way that I might have been if, say, one of the Metal Men or Elastic Girl was in that mix. And so I wonder if that was a bit of a. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I, I I was just about to say that if they really wanted to make 2013 attractive, then 2012 should have been the year that they finished the Doom Patrol, uh, and 2013 should be the year that you finish the Metal Man. Mm. Mm. So I think that's that's pretty straightforward. So uh, we certainly had some really varying um, responses when we put this out. We had to, some great to, responses, yeah. Um, one that I really, really liked was um, Xavier from mm. Critical Mess, mm. where he, yeah. he put it under he, he put it under the topic "Who's the bitch now, Maddie?" Which, <laughs> um, but, but this particular point I think is actually quite accurate. He he just sort of went on to talk about how that um, fans have been under the thumb from Mattel for years. We never really had much of a say. We just got given what we were given, and we either bought it or we didn't. But now, because fans have the bulk of their DC Universe collection, you're 95% of the way there, um, a lot of fans are really unwilling to commit to a trickle-feed approach to get those really sought-after characters now. They don't want to commit to 12 figures per year for the four figures that they really, really want. 
Uh, and I think that that is a great point. That's the one that stood out to me the most. And I'm a little bit like I didn't collect DC Direct. Um, we've mentioned this before in the past, but when DC Direct was at its peak with superhero action figures, uh, they were retailing in Australia for sort of around $35 each. So I never committed to, to getting DC Direct figures. So, look, you know, for me getting an Uncle Sam and a... Um, uh, you know, an elongated man and that sort of thing. That's great. The, these are going to fill big gaps in my collection. But for those that have the DC Direct versions, I can see why they're not pleased. Yeah. Another issue that a few people pointed out, um, including our friend Hyperion, is really the the lack of advertising um, yeah. of this. I mean, it, to me, it seems to only have been promoted within the the circles of people who already know and probably already know whether they buy this stuff or not, um, preaching to the choir in a sense and not putting this out Absolutely. there. Um, because, you know, for example, uh, on the Masters of the Universe side, I was listening to uh, a comic book podcast the other day where they got they started talking about um, the original He-Man toys and it became apparent that these guys had no idea that the Masters of the Universe classic line existed. Um, just yep. from the conversation, obviously not toy collectors, that, that's absolutely fine. But I thought, you know, that's really interesting because they were saying, yeah, you know, these are great and I wish someone would come back and do them. And I was kind of yelling at the stereo going, they have, you know, but if, if it hasn't, if that word actually hasn't gotten out um, to that point, you know, wh- where's the advertising in comics? Where's the advertising in, you know, places where you, you do have that wider audience for for these things? It kind of seems interesting to me that, you know, on one level, and, and even the messages that are going out about, um, you know, you, you should buy this, etc. to me, that they're kind of being presented only to people who probably have already made up their mind. Um, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. already made up their mind one way or the other. And I'm sorry, like, as much respect as I have for the four horsemen, um, you know, being told, make sure you, you've got to do this so that Corn Boy doesn't miss out on his too bad, um, that does not really work for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, 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 yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird argument as opposed to, hey, here are these great toys that we're making. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, let me run this past you, and uh, in case I'm missing something, but if we take out the various news websites like Toy News International and AFI, uh, if we take out the word spreading via Action Figure Blues Forum, Critical Mess, etc., just where are these subs advertised? Facebook. I haven't seen anywhere else. I mean. They're basically relying on the word of fans to spread it mm. through fan message boards. And how many t- news websites are we talking? There's maybe six or seven major, um, you know, forums, etc. News websites. I mean, seriously, like that's. I, I cannot believe that DC Comics. That it's it's almost like they've got their money from Mattel. So give us $100 million and you can have the license to the DC universe. And then they, other than than putting, you know, the, the screws onto certain character choices, they're completely uninterested in, in any kind of partnership. I mean, is it really that difficult for one comic, uh, say for one month, that DC Comics have a one-page ad for the subscription? I, I just, I'm completely and utterly perplexed how 
mark what does their marketing team do do they just sit around and and play solitaire do they have a marketing team <laughs> that's i guess that's the other thing isn't it uh honestly they, i, I just get I, someone to do the videos besides toy guru yeah. well that's exactly right and uh, where are the banner ads on all the websites you'd, you'd think that all the major websites would would have these banner ads i just uh i uh, don't know it's uh, interesting the only time that they've ever done anything like that was to promote the batch of the future hoverboard uh, yeah they sent out those then i i declined to put them up because there was no um you know incentive <laughs> you know, mm. so i thought that was a bit kind of rich but i mean even you know even even in this instance like i would definitely put up that stuff to help to help these lines but but even so i kind of think that you know on action figure blues or action figure insider or whatever you're you're really only going to be reaching people that already know and already are, you know, someone like me who is definitely going to get it, someone like Adam who's definitely not going to get it anyway. You know, you need, you need it out there for the more kind of casual collector um, that, uh, you know, I wonder particularly with Club Eternia because it does seem like they're really, it's been a big surprise to them, the dip, if they've just gotten a bit complacent, you know, because that's been a reliable line. You know, in, in that sense, but yeah. um, you know, to me, to not have advertising for this stuff in DC Comics, um, you know, th- that sort of thing, just really amazes me. Really amazes me. I think that's a good point that a few people have brought up. But then, where are you going to? I think about it, like, and I think you know, casual collector, they're going to go through an online store like a Big Bad or you know, something like that. They're not. Like, why would Big Bad run a subscription thing? It's from someone. Someone commented, I think that Big Bad looked like they're getting out of you know doing some of these these lines entirely, or at least you know getting the new stuff. But why would Big Bad advertise to someone else's service mm. rather than say come and buy it from us? Well, that is an interesting point because one thing that you know I think perhaps has propped up uh, Masters of the Universe in particular is retailers like Big Bad obviously buying their own subscriptions or some sort of other deal with Mattel that we may not know, but that kind of speculator market, because, you know, clearly people have been, you you go on eBay, you know, on, on the day that stuff goes up and there's 50 of each one there. And so if, if people are seeing that that's dropping in the secondary market, um, which I've certainly seen this year with the, the new subscription stuff, um, there isn't quite as much demand for it. Then the scalper um, dollar is not as strong. And I wonder if what they're actually being hit by is, you know, it's just people like me who are actually only buying one sub and there's not actually enough of us to support it if, if people aren't buying them to scalp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder just how much the selling the figures on Matty hurts the subscription. I mean, a lot of the buy-in I think they got for the 2012 sub was, of course, Metron, the club-exclusive figure. Um, Basically, at at the time, people were a bit worried that the only way they could possibly ever get this figure was to either get the sub or to pay huge dollars on the secondary market. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a bit of a look on eBay before the show just to see, and you can pick up Metron for $60. Now, that's obviously a lot of money. It's twice what the uh, figure cost if you had got it through the exclusive, uh, sorry, through the club uh, subscription. But the thing is, if you only picked up six of the other figures out of the rest of the year, then the saving is obviously there. So I think 
you know, we look at um, Monju Mala and the brain, the, the club 2013 exclusive figure, and a lot of people have said, yeah, it's a great-looking figure, but do I really, really, really need it for my collection? And they weigh up and say, well, based on the figures we've seen, I don't need any more rainbow lanterns. Uh, I've already saved money if I don't get the sub, so um, I'll just cherry-pick off the website throughout the year. Mm. It doesn't gel for me that Hasbro can a three-and-three-quarter line and a six-inch line working at retail yeah. and that Mattel can't, can't get one scale to work at retail. You know, that, that, yeah. or, or putting things out there for pre-order, you know, through... Um, it, it just does not make sense to me. And, but I, I wonder, too, I think, you know, these, these licenses are expensive, and so that obviously comes with a lot of overheads. And then a company like Mattel has a lot of overheads anyway because, you know, you see, um, you know, companies like NECA or even, you know, someone like Biff Bang Pow um, who puts out a different kind of product but who, you know, puts out unique sculpts and, uh, you know, kind of a range of things. But I guess what they've got going for them is that their overheads are less because they're smaller um and something like dc universe classics or even masters of the universe is a very small niche line for a company like mattel when you're talking about things like barbie um so yeah i guess that's that's part of the issue but it is um it is a frustrating prospect one thing that was commented on a couple of times and i do think this is worth mentioning is that this is on the dc side that some people and i think this is probably more the case with last year's subscription than this one but kind of have this notion that well if the subscription doesn't go ahead then they'll have to give these to us in some other form and um i don't feel so sure about yeah that. you know i that you know to me no because I, I was out today and kind of did a little stroll the toy aisles and i saw you know that new Batman line that's out there that's just, you know, lollipop Batman in a zillion different colors. And it's um, mm, very appealing yeah. to kids, but not at all the kind of thing that I want to see out there. And, and my, you know, feeling is that if this, if this tanks, then that it's going to be the end of this for a while for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I wonder just how much uh, of the, the lack of take-up is just simple disdain. Uh, people are just worn out. They're, they're angry. They're sick of the digital river issues. They're sick of fighting for every little thing. I mean, look, I, I'm quite excited about the rest of the 2012 sub. I'm, I'm in for the 2013 sub. I'm, I'm happy to get these figures. But some of the stuff that really frustrates me, uh, for example, is the Mirror Master figure with the two open hands. And I remember being the first person to comment on the AFB forum when I said that he's only got one open hand yet comes with two guns. Uh, and then we mentioned it in one of our Ask Matty um, question sessions. And they basically said, look, you know, no, sorry, it's too late. That's the way the Four Horsemen designed it. And basically the internet was up in arms. And I think what was, was a throwaway comment basically almost turned into World War Three. It's like, really? The Four Horsemen designed him designed? Design, you mean they picked between an open hand and a closed hand? I don't know there's much design to it. And, you know, it, it's like you've already got open hands. There's plenty of characters that come with open hands. There's characters that come with open hands that mm. don't need open hands. Really, is it that hard to change it the, the figure's obviously somewhere close to being in production but you really can't 
can't ring the factory and just say, look, we've changed our mind. Instead of using 1162H, can you use 1162J? Um, And, you know, and there was just so much pressure put on Maddie about that. And eventually they kind of gave in. But then when they did it, they they made this sort of announcement like, hey, you know, we listen. And it's like, no, the only reason we listen is because we had to threaten to blow up your headquarters. (laughs) I mean, it shouldn't. No. It shouldn't be that hard for a company that does. I mean, and, and let's face facts: Maddie does a good job of interacting with their their um, with their customers. I mean, Hasbro doesn't have any kind of equivalent. Um, Hasbro just don't give a crap. Um, but you know, really, should we have to go through that much effort to get something that should have been obvious to you know so many people? I've said this time and time again. There must be a certain point where a bunch of people sit around a table like Toy Guru, another guy, you know, some some chick from DC, they all sit around the table and they pass the figures along and not one person went, hey, shouldn't he have two open hands because yeah. he's got I, two I guns? I found a couple of those. I, I, actually, I wonder if one of the issues is that they've created a bit of a rod for their own back by that level of fan interaction because – the, the the level of expectation I think that was built at the beginning of the DC Universe Classics line um, was so high because of their genuine enthusiasm. Um, but it, it is I, I don't know if it ends with people just kind of feeling like oh, I didn't get exactly what I wanted, as opposed to just being grateful for what they did get. That um, you know it does it kind of comes around to bite them. But yeah, I I was not a fan of some of those answers about the four horsemen because like you said you know they're, they're better designers than that um you know they they didn't yeah you know and i'm sure what, what they're designing for this stuff now is pieces of things rather than you know every single bit because we know that there's such a heavy reuse of materials so i, I don't think that that did help well, I think that's also something that goes against the sub is that they're asking people to commit to, um, you know, a line of figures that are essentially going to be uh, one of their three mm-hmm. existing bucks mm-hmm. painted a different colour. I mean, we know we're not going to get mm-hmm. Granny Goodness. Um, you know, we know we're not going to get the Huntress mm-hmm. with the sculpted mask and, you know, all that sort of stuff and, you know, a brand-new crossbow, um, pistol crossbow. I mean, we're really going to get those three bucks painted a different colour or with, you know, different boots swapped out. And really, you know, how many figures can you expect to make uh, from those before you, you you know, you're left with this huge bag of um, characters that, that requires, you know, specialised tooling that oh, fans definitely. are never going to get? Definitely. Well, uh, I think you know, a huge thank you to everybody that contributed to this discussion in the various places that we started it because we really did get some good um, and, and really sensible responses. Yeah, not just vitriol, and I think that you know that is uh, that's kind of the state of things. People have you know thought through this, and we got some very good reason responses. So thank you to everybody that contributed to it, guys. Any last thoughts about um, the state of the subs if we, before we tie a bow around this? Yes, I want the 2013 sub, so if you haven't bought one, go and buy one for me. <laughs> From my personal point of view, I would probably never get an action figure subscription. Even for Marvel Universe, I wouldn't do it. Like, it's just not the way, it's just not something I subscribe to. Either you're going to put it out or you're not, so you've either got, you either think you've got the numbers or you don't. Hmm. Yeah. It's that simple. Yes. Yeah, well, 
uh, uh, there you go. If you if you won't do it for the four horsemen, do it for Ben. Answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's 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 less than a cup of coffee a day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. And you only have a cup of coffee for an hour. You have these figures forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, everybody, for contributions to that. Thanks, guys, for your thoughts. That wraps up the discussion. We'll be right back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up for good. Beware the mutants seeking Sentinel. Target identified. Mutants apprehended. Want to mix it up, big boy? My adamantine claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arm. Now, Sentinel, you will be defeated. Sentinel robot playset and X-Men action figures. Each sold separately. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you might just hear it read out. And I've got the first piece of feedback tonight, and it is from our friend Hyperion. And he says, hey, Scotty, and everyone else, I'm sure, a um, few quick things I've been meaning to pass on. There is a 2010 Aquaman Tomb Tumblr, and our friend Mike from Mike's Comics and Stuff has them. He's on my list of ones to get as soon as I can. There are also the Aquaman and Aqualad 1973 Slurpee Cups, two versions of the 1976 Pepsi Moonglass, 1978 Pindy Soda Aquaman Bottle Cap, three versions of the 1978 Pepsi Aquaman Glass, a miniature mug, 1978 from a vending machine <laughs> that had an Aquaman sticker, 1979 Pepsi Aquaman, Pepsi Collector Series, two versions of the 1995 Nutella Aquaman Jelly Glass, and 1996 Six Flags Figural Sippy Cup, not including various Super Friends, Thermoses, and such. Whew! <laughs> I, wow. I, I don't know whether to be impressed or terrified that he knows all that, um, but that is very cool. Thank you, Jeremy, for that. Um, and he also asks, what has happened to the Enhanced Podcast? The last two didn't have any picks, and I put off listening to them on my computer so I could check out the shots. Um, yes, apologies for that. Our last two episodes have been slightly um, plagued, shall we say, by some technical issues. And so the editing of them has been a little bit more time-consuming um, than usual to get it up to our usual good standard. So I have had to uh, decide to put aside the enhanced podcast stuff because my body is really funny and it likes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> which you know is outrageous and demanding i know and the whole like i actually have to have a job to pay for all this you know <laughs> this bad habit um so yeah hopefully tonight it's gone very smoothly so we should be back to enhance podcast territory um for episode 24 but it's good to know that people enjoy it it's good and ben you have our i don't know if this other bit is feedback or blackmail um <laughs> but you, you have our other bit of whatever it is yeah, if you've been listening to consecutive episodes of the podcast, you've probably heard us mention uh, a couple of times the, uh, I guess, lack of positive uh, attention from iTunes Argentina, and that is uh, a subtle stab at good friend of Action Figure Blues, Tom, a.k.a. Freak Studio. Um, he's uh, one of the, the more hilarious guys on, on the AFB forum, and he's been very busy with work. Uh, so he hasn't been around as much as he normally would be. And he left us a message after uh, obviously catching up. And he said, I'm catching up with several episodes of the podcast I missed. And you know what? I won't review shit on iTunes until I'm on the podcast. 
Oh, yes, that's blackmail, you bastards. <laughs> that's how they do it in Argentina. That's right. <laughs> I wonder what the, uh, the Argent- Argentinian equivalent of a Colombian necktie is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, we actually, we've actually been talking about Tom for a long time and talking about our keenness to have him here, and it's more a issue of um, time zones than anything. But we are keen, Tom. We are keen, and we and we want that positive review on iTunes Argentina. Damn it! That's so, right. So we will make it happen just for that. That's right. <laughs> and as soon as we've done Argentina, then it's on to the Democratic Republic of Congo. <laughs> I actually know someone that lives there. Um, <laughs> what about the independent Olympic athletes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did, but wait a minute. Do they have an iTunes section? Because sure. well, if they don't, we don't give a damn about them. Well, that's right. <laughs> Seriously, who in Congo has internet anyway? Aren't they? Yeah. It's in the middle of civil war, I think. So, sorry, Congo. <laughs> this week. <laughs> this week. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that odd note brings us to the end of episode number twenty-four of the Action Figure Blues podcast. And just for the record, we really do care about the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. Um, and we hope that you've enjoyed listening to us ramble and rave. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, particularly if you're from Argentina or the Democratic Republic of Congo, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. Uh, while you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and PopCulture.com who help keep the site running and the lights on. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all at the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com where I post as Scotty, Ben posts as Fish Milkshake, and Adam posts as Westy. We would love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future toys of the week or discussion topics or other countries that we should mock mercilessly. And uh, you can do that by emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFP forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at AFBlues and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com slash actionfigureblues and... Uh, action figure blues not blues um and with that <laughs> we've done it uh, yay just by the hairs of our chinny chin chin adam thank you for joining us welcome pleasure as always always a pleasure and and um sorry that we you had to rant about two different things on this episode but good ranting tonight no worries i like to rant about things yeah i hope it was cleansing for you <laughs> yeah. and uh ben you take care of yourself. Yes, it's your pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, Argentina. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 24, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Ben. <laughs> and Ben. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't start, start it, did I? <laughs> just, just a little.
Oh, I did not. He's got a fan and he's coming to kill you. <laughs> Helicarrier time in five, four, three. I hear clicking. Is that Helicarrier clicking? No. <laughs> Just knock it off, Adam. Ben, are you playing with your helicarrier? <laughs> Told yes, you to stop a, that. It was actually my Apache chief. Oh. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Play <laughs> collect a hot tour. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. <laughs> Why are you playing with your Apache chief, Ben? I'm not anymore. He's back in his teepee. Yeah, you'll go blind, you know. This is the... the I think the subtitle for this episode should be Adam Rants About Things. <laughs> Adam hates you. <laughs> you may not know him, but he hates you. <laughs> Adam hates you. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> everybody, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yay! Wow, eleven twenty. I can't believe oh. it. I'm gonna go and play with Apache Tree. Before.